Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi. Hi, everybody. I'm Kevin. And we are coming to you from our beautiful backyard in sunny central Florida. It is a beautiful sunny day. The splashing in the background is our... It's actually uh, kind of beautiful. It's about 80 yeah. with no humidity. Yeah, it's a really great day. And the splashing you hear is our pool fountain going crazy, and you might hear our dogs, dogs barking uh, in the background as uh, we've got some road work going on near our house, and it's disturbing them. In this episode, uh, Kevin has curated some of your questions. He put out a call on Twitter to send him some questions, and we will... And thank you all. For what? Sending in their questions. Oh, for sending in their questions. Pay attention. Oh, sorry. Kevin um, has become uh, quite popular on Twitter. He, you can see why. Yeah. <laughs> it's obvious why. <laughs> and so if you want to follow him, he's Kevin L. Close on Twitter, and he'll be happy to chat with you and talk with you. And who knows, if he puts out another call, you can get your question answered on Here's the deal. People are being nice to each other. We're having fun. We're being silly. I'm even talking about Star Wars. Um, but it's just a fun space. And if you're feeling isolated for any reason, if you feel unconnected, come connect. True. All right, let's get started. Who's our first question from? Our first question is from Chris. I'm curious about your own decision factors for when you will venture back into Disney parks. We acknowledge this it's an intensely personal decision. What's your criteria? Hmm. I can tell you mine. Okay, you go first. I won't have to wear a mask. I, I just... It, it, I, I won't feel comfortable until I can go into the park fear-free. But I, I am in a bunch of the groups that they tell you you have to be extra careful. I'm of an age, I'm overweight, and I'm diabetic. So I am being extraordinarily careful, and I'm not going to risk that. Let me ask you a question. It, would you still get on a plane if you had to wear a mask in the airport? Yes. Okay. That is different than a huge crowd. Because I'd basically be sitting next to you. I would be wearing a mask. There are people who are going to argue and say, well, going through the airport will be a huge crowd and things like that. But I think Oh, well, we fly private. <laughs> we, get <That's> our, <laughs> we get on our charter plane. Um, but I think there's ways to avoid the crowds. I do, too. You know, we do TSA pre-check. We always have. There's we also more, try and fly early in the morning. Yeah, much less people in line. So people who are going to say, well, what, you know, what's the difference between a theme park and an airport? I think there's ways to make that different. I don't want to make it sound like I'm ready to go to the airport either. I would go on a plane quicker than I would go into a crowded theme park. Now, I don't want to single out theme parks. I wouldn't go to a Broadway theater right now either. Or a movie theater. Or a sporting event. None of you should laugh at that. Um, so there, that's my criteria. We all have to feel safe. I don't mind the mask. Um, the problem with the mask is I've been wearing one when I go out of the house now for short errands and picking up food and things like that. And in, even now, and Kevin mentioned it is beautiful here, it's like 82 degrees, even now, wearing that mask in Florida outside is brutal. It makes it difficult to breathe, it fogs up your glasses, it, it's very, very uncomfortable and hot and sweaty. I don't want to walk around a theme park like that. I feel like that's going to be just a, not a fun experience. Um, you know, I don't really know what the answer is to feeling safe going to a theme park after this is over. I'm going to reiterate but, something we said earlier. I think you all need to deal with the fact that Disney's not going to look like the way you loved it. Right. 
for a long time. And you have to decide on your own behalf what are you willing to do and what are you willing to quote-unquote put up with in order to go to Walt Disney World or go to Disneyland. But I think you can extrapolate that out to going to a baseball game or a football game. I'm out of sports. Or a theater. Anything where there's going to be a large crowd of people. Curling. If you're going to go see a curling competition, (laughs) you know, it's going to be a big I wouldn't mind sitting with both of those people. (laughs) Oh, now you... I know, I've upset the Canadians. Um, I think, here's the deal. In my absolute... I will not worry about it ever, ever again. Not necessarily... I know a virus would be... A virus. I know a... um, uh, Vaccine would be the ultimate... Thing to have, but I think in lieu of a vaccine, knowing that there was some treatment for it, because now um, we get our flu shots every year, but we still get some form of the flu or get sick. I know that I can take a, th- um, you know, what's it, what do they call it? What's the flu thing that they give you? Um, Tamiflu. Oh, Tamiflu's, I couldn't think of it. You know, that things like that. I know that. Certain over-the-counter medicines will make me feel better. Knowing that there's something that if I did get it, I could relieve the symptoms would give me a much higher um, comfort level of going into large crowds. And less of, less of a mortality rate. Yeah. True. I don't want to die to ride Space Mountain. All right, I'm moving on. How was that for bleak? Oh, my God. And dramatic. I know. <laughs> that wasn't was it? so dramatic. <laughs> you should have heard the music in my head. <laughs> really. Do you and John keep any type of official record... Of all of the places that you've ever traveled, you obviously have memories, but there is any way you guys maintain those memories. Collecting a spreadsheet, postcards, photo albums. How do you recommend keeping track of travel? We don't. We have it in the past. Um, this year for Christmas, and I'm a, I'll take a picture of it and I'll post it with us. This year for Christmas, I got Kevin a map that's like a lot, like has the scratch off on a lottery ticket. And you scratch off the countries you've been to. Every the world right now is kind of a, a dull gold. And when you scratch off some place you've been, it's a, a brightly colored. And we started to do it, and we got tired after two, and <laughs> put it away. we put it away after two, and decided we'll do mm-hmm. this later. But I think that's a cool way to uh, keep track of where you've been and where you've traveled around the world. But um, I don't know. We, we do something else. What? We buy ourselves... Oh, yeah. We have a shadow box. It's supposed to hang on the wall with stuff in it, but it's a fairly large shadow box. I'd say it's a foot and a half, maybe two feet by one and a half feet. And the cover lifts up, and it's got gray fabric in it. And we are by ourselves some... A little piece of jewelry, something that would hang from a necklace, a little object... uh, we were in Alaska, and they had this sort of mineral that had gold flecks in it, so we have something from there. But we have this object thing on the table, and people always ask about it when they see our house, and each one of those is a memory. Right. The other thing we've been known to do is buy a piece of art. And I am not talking a massive wall art. I have a little collection all around the door that goes out of my kitchen into my garage of places we've been. And there's Germany and there's Orvieto in Italy. Paintings. They're little tiny. uh, There's a thing from Puerto Rico. There's something from New Orleans. And they're just little memories. Something that will jog a memory. And we do have uh, 
We do have photos. Neither one of us is a scrapbooker. No. I think one of the best things about travel and going places is when you watch something on television or read a book or see an article somewhere and they mention the place you've been to. Like, we love to watch the House Hunters International shows, especially of places we've been, and we can say, oh, look, there's Barcelona, or look, you know. Oh, do you remember we did this there? We we visited there. Um, And on the flip side of that, sort of the, the thing that's kind of sad is we're watching these videos of empty cities around the world, and it's like, they love the show Milan, and it's like, shoot, we were there. We were in that square at that cathedral. They just showed a picture of the Arc de Triomphe. Mm-hmm. And around the Arc de Triomphe, I forget what the actual thing is, but it's like the only place where you drive in France where no one has insurance. It is so absolutely crazy and so dangerous and so reckless Ingested. that you have no insurance there. Don't If that's wrong, you know what I mean. Your insurance is not valid there. Right. So if you had an accident, you can't get insurance, fault. right? Um, there were six cars around the Arc de Triomphe, and you think, well, oh, now I could do that. Right. You know, shots of Venice, and you think, I've been over the Rialto Bridge. So, I, you know, I don't, again, I think the Shadow Box is a good example. I love to walk past it and just look in it and remember where we got certain pieces. Um, I also have an affinity for Louis Vuitton. So I can tell you where I've bought each piece of Louis Vuitton that I own and the story about it. So it, it's what you like. Some people buy T-shirts. Some people buy snow globes. We buy little tchotchkes and really expensive leather boots. And some people, you know, they, they'll, you know, they'll take pictures and they'll post on social media. If you check my Instagram, it's a lot of pictures of me sitting in a Louis Vuitton waiting for Kevin <laughs> to purchase a return. That's it. That's how we're going to keep track of it from now on. From now on. Oh, remember this face? That was from when we were in Rome sitting in a Louis Vuitton. All right. Next question. This chair's really uncomfortable. Favorite ABD you've ever done, not counting backstage magic? Am I going first? Sure. This is a really tough one. This is a really, really tough one because Adventures by Disney, the trips to me are memorable because of certain things. Like, I'll give an example. The best food I ever had on Adventures by Disney was Germany. Every single meal we had at Germany on that Germany trip was killer. And we've been to Italy many times. But the German food was great. Um, we did a hybrid China trip. And I had a chance to be on the Great Wall of China. So that's a great memory from that trip. I'm trying to think of what a great overall trip was. I'm going to probably have to say Viva Italia. I love Italy. Yeah. Italy was the first ABD I ever went on. And it changed my life. I like London and Paris. I think John was talking about the Great Wall. I think we both have a magical spot that blew us away. I've, I didn't want to leave. I would love to go back. I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to go back. It's not easy to get to. We went um, as part of the Italy-Switzerland trip. We went to Zermatt. And Zermatt is a little town at the base of the Matterhorn. And we stayed at the hotel that Walt Disney stayed on when he visited there in the 30s. There are no cars. Everything is walking. But the hotels have little fancified golf carts. And they drove you around. And we went to the top of the Matterhorn. It's one of those things where you think to yourself, in my wildest dreams, I never thought I would be here. 
The other thing that makes those memories spectacular are the people you're with. Um, I think the first time I saw David, the statue of David, I just was a lost truck. Again, I thought to myself, what gave you the, what made you believe you could dream to be here? So there are those kind of moments. Um, my favorite part about the trips, besides getting to see things I really like, are we get to travel with amazing people. We've become really good friends with a lot of the people we travel with. All right, what's our next question? Our next question is, it's, this is from Bill. This is not my question, but a little kid asked, why doesn't Disney use a crop duster filled with disinfectant? My thought is the kid is onto something, at least for the exterior. I have no idea. Oh, I do. <laughs> I know why they don't do it. A couple of reasons why they don't. Because do they do don't it. want to leave pesticides and infectant, disinfectant all over things? Well, um, first of all, um, you can't just sort of uh, disinfect something in the morning before everybody gets there and then the end of the day. Um, they're talking about cleaning the ride vehicles between each use. So you're not going to do this while people are in the park. You're not going to spray them with disinfectant from the top, you know, from the sky. And just disinfecting something in the morning, like a handrail, right. doesn't keep it disinfected. Right. Also, this, uh, this virus requires a little bit of what I call energy to break it down. It's not just enough to spray yourself with something, even though that's a lot of people are doing that. It takes a little bit more. It takes like a rubbing down of stuff. It's just not that efficient. It's not safe to sort of spray people blanketly with a disinfectant. You know, you don't know who has a breathing, uh, a respiratory issue that they might be affected by it. So, it, you know, it's just not the right thing to do at the moment. But I like the fact that this kid is thinking. I do too. How is he going to go back to Disney? He's willing to do anything he can do. Wash your hands. Ready for another one? I am. I love Viking River Cruises. Is Amal Waterways worth trying if it's just my wife and I? What is your favorite river cruise destination? Ama is worth trying for sure. Ama is uh, because they've affiliated, they've um, coordinated with or partnered with Disney for their Adventures by Disney trips. You get the Disney advantage when you book that way. You get the adventure guides and you get the added attention and the, the idea that Adventure by Adventures by Disney opens doors. That might not be available to other folks, so it's willing. It's, it's certainly a good thing to try, Ama. Um, they also, if you have a family, Viking River Cruise. No matter what size stateroom you get, you have two people per stateroom, and it's for it's adults only. There are no minors allowed on Viking River Cruises. Ama has built some ships that are purposely built to uh, accommodate families. By having connecting rooms so the kids can be in one room, adults can be in the other room. But I think that with river cruising, it's less about the ship and it's more about the destinations. Where for ocean cruising for us, sometimes it's just about the ship. We want to get on a certain don't ship. Don't care where it goes. Don't care where it goes. We love the amenities. We love the, the parts of the ship. But for river cruising, I think a lot of it has to do with where you're going. If you've never been on a river cruise, you should look at the ship as your restaurant and your hotel. It is not your entertainment. There is no casino. There is no belly flop contest. There is no bingo. It is your hotel and your restaurant. The rest of the time, 
It's about where you're stopping. Right. What's right. your favorite river cruise destination? I have an answer. Go for it. Any place that has a Christmas market. Yeah, Christmas market. That's the best ones we've been on are fantastic. I The part of the river cruises I enjoyed the most are the times when you were sailing and you could see the countryside go by. That's fun. Unfortunately for a lot of these, especially the AMA Adventures by Disney ones, they sail at night. While the kids are asleep. Yeah, and while you're asleep, too. Yep. So they're trying to get you from destination to destination so you have a full day the next day of activities and the place you're going to stop. But I really enjoyed sailing along, um, you know, seeing the countryside go by and seeing... There's, it was really cool to see sort of houses and boat docks and how people and go lived. through locks. Yeah, how people lived along the river. I thought and there great. were little things that I never... I mean... We stopped, we did the Seine River cruise, and we stopped at a little town called Les Andelis. Oh, that was a great trip. And I'm going to be honest with you, I had never heard of it. However, it was one of my favorite stops. And for a whole host of reasons, we stopped in Rouen, or as they referred to it, they told us all the time, Rouen. And I'm a huge fan of the Julia Child movie, Julie and Julia. And they go to a restaurant, and this is part of her book, her husband took her to a uh, restaurant in Rouen. I apologize; the name has completely lost my slipped my mind. But it's the where it's the meal that's depicted in the movie, and I made a reservation. It's been the restaurant since the 1300s, and it's killing me that I can't remember it. I'll remember as soon as we stop. And we went, and they had the Julia Child menu. I eat oysters, raw oysters. That was a big deal. I figured if she could do it, I could do it. And Julia Child considered this to be what convinced her to be a chef so it's little things like that that i've enjoyed uh for the most part when you do a river cruise excuse me for the most part when you do a river cruise you are docking in the town um these ports have developed around the fact that there was shipping the river was the highway right and there was shipping and there was commerce and there was uh transportation so you actually sort of dock in the quote-unquote center of these little towns. So for the most part, you can walk to all of the highlights of the town. Or, you know, in our case, what we do is we would ask the boat to the, the folks on the boat to get us a car. Exactly. And we get a taxi over and we drive right over to any place we wanted to go. It was always, it's just, it's great to see Europe at that level. You know, a lot of times when you go to Europe... You're seeing the quote-unquote big stuff. The monuments. Right. So let's go see the Eiffel Tower and let's go see the Colosseum. The river cruise brings you up close and personal. I told you I've never heard of Les Andelis and it's one of my favorite towns. Yep. Much more intimate. Okay, I'm getting hot, so we have one more question. All right. All right, the last question comes from Sharon. What is the best ABD for history lovers? Oh, my gosh. It depends on the history you're interested in. You know, all of them. Yeah, they're all very heavy into history, um, as much or as little as you want them to be, mm-hmm. really. Uh, the Adventures by Disney, the Backstage Magic. You get a history of Hollywood, you get a history of Walt, you get a history of the park. It depends on what history you want to hear. In London and Paris, I mean, they're not taking you to Herod's. You can go there on your own, but you go to Westminster Abbey, and you learn about Westminster Abbey, and you learn... There's a guide in London. His name is Stephen. And Stephen can make history that you thought would never be interesting 
cliffhanger, a page turner. He was amazing. You go to the Tower of London and you hear the stories. And then you go to France and you used to go to um, Notre Dame. Now they take you to Saint-Chapelle. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. And you hear the history of that. So there is history woven through every, all of it. One of the great things, too, is you usually have a, one of your guides is usually someone who is from the region. Mm -hmm. This is in addition to a step-on guide who talks about something specifically. One of your Disney cast member adventure guides, they try to cast as being someone who grew up there or is from that area. So they can also add a personal history to it mm -hmm. and talk about what they learned growing up and the things they've experienced and sort of share their culture and their history, which I think is great. That's we had a guy part. named Stephanie in Germany. And Stephanie was old enough that she remembers the Berlin Wall coming down. And I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but we were on a bus ride from one, destin one point to another, and Stephanie told us her recollection of the day the Berlin Wall came down. And she explained to us that her family packed... They were on... They were in... East Germany, right? You're telling the story. I don't know. They couldn't. They were on the side of the wall where you couldn't travel. And the family packed their car and took all of their valuable belongings when the wall came down to visit the other side of Germany because they were fairly convinced that they were not going to be able to go back. Now, I watched the Berlin Wall come down from my house in Albany, New York. And I understand the historical part of it. Stephanie remembers the exact square she was standing on. She remembers what she was wearing and she remembers the music that was playing when this happened. So to have that perspective of that is incredible. That's not something, that's not something you get with a tour book. Nope. Um, we talked about river cruising. On the river cruises, we had you have four adventure guides, oh, more than four, six, six adventure guides. I apologize. That's two more than four. It is, and each of them are from a region from where you're traveling. So you'll get the person who tells a story about how you know, starting out in Budapest or wherever it is you're going to start out, and then go to the next place, and they'll able to give you a little bit of their history and their perspective. So again, it's as much or as little as you want to know. I want to just revisit something you said. ABD also uses step-on guides. You will have two guides if it's a land adventure and six if it's a river cruise. And those two guides will stay with you from start to finish. One is usually from, if you're going to England and France, one will be either be from England or France. And the other one is usually an American guide. They will offer a step-on guide. And that means that if you're in London, you get a guide whose sole job is because they're an expert in London. In Paris, you would get a Parisian guide. In Rome, you get a Rome, uh, an Italian step-on guide who tells you all about Rome. So these are, these are valuable additions, and you can ask them anything you want. They will go into great detail about history. They're also certified. These are certified tour guides that have to go through a process in their own town, in their own countries. I believe in England, they're called blue badge guides. Yep. So they are the best of the best. Um, not only is this their job every single day and they do it, but they have an extensive and expansive knowledge. So, um, you know, again, it's, it's all about what you want to do and what you want to be a part of. You know, there are parts of, I'm going to be honest with you, there are parts of the England, 
France trip where they get very heavy into the monarchy and the lineage of the monarchy. And personally, that does not interest me. However, we have a friend named Laurie. Right. That's what I was going to say. However, on that I'm one trip... I'm talking about you. <laughs> um, on one trip we had, there were several of the folks, and they loved it. They ate it all up, and they went to the castles, and they looked at all the stuff. But again, it's as much or as little as you want to learn. And if there's a place in the world you are interested in, do an Adventures by Disney if it's available. We also have a friend named Lauren who is heavily invested. And then when we were in Les Andelis, she climbed a mountain to see, I think it was Richard the Lionhearted's castle. Don't hate me if I'm wrong. That's and right. I got a call from the top of the mountain. Can you send a car up to pick me up? Apparently it was strenuous. When they were there, they loved every minute of it. And again, I, I, I've said this several times, and I'm repeating myself over and over again because I think it's important. These Adventures by Disney trips are as much or as little as you want to do, as much or as little as you want to make of it. So... Again, I was not interested in sort of the monarchy of it, but I loved all the other stuff we did and then sort of the seeing the sights and visiting the places. But if you're into it, you know, you can go in heavily into it for sure. I have people who do research. On our last trip to England, we had a guest traveling with us who wanted to visit every beetle site that he could get to. And the guides helped him set that up. And from what I understand, he got to see a great deal. I also want to say, too, he got a lot from one of our agents, Sam. Sam lives in just outside of London, and she's mm-hmm. one of our agents uh, from the U.K. And I went to her, and I said, Sam, I don't know anything about these places that they want to visit, any of these you know, Beatles-centric places. Can you help me get him information for not only getting there, but what is there to do, and how do you go about it, and make sure you get a ticket to do the thing you want to do? And she was able to set him up with a lot of stuff, so... You know, that's the great thing about having agents all over the place is they know their stuff. Say goodbye now. But we have 17 more questions. No, we don't. All right, we don't have any questions. That'll do it for this episode. We thank everybody at home for listening and watching. We and sh- thanks for the questions. Thank you for the questions. We certainly appreciate it. We hope you have a great week. Please stay safe and stay healthy.